Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. See, we can be robbed by wrong relationships, but we can also be renewed and refreshed by the right ones. Amen. Amen. So don't think that I'm just talking about uh, bad people in your life. When you have good people in your life, it is a good thing. Let me give you a quote by Chuck Swindoll. Uh, author, I read a lot of his books. He said, it is hard to soar like an eagle when you are surrounded by so many turkeys. Now, 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 let me see if I can kind of explain that. In other words, we are a product of who's around us. Amen. And so one thing about an eagle, an eagle flies high, right? He soars. And when you fly high, you don't have to flap a lot. So in other words, when an eagle is soaring, he's reserving his energy because the wind is holding him up. See, too many Christians are flapping too much and you won't soar and allow the wind of the Holy Ghost to keep you flying. And see, turkeys, turkeys now, unless a turkey is in the wild, it really doesn't fly. And if it does, it's it's for short periods of time. But they can run. Right. They can run. But if it's a domesticated turkey, they don't do much of anything. Right. And so when you compare an eagle to a turkey, you have to ask yourself, do I want to soar or do I want to stay on the earth and run? So you are a product of the people who are around you. Is this making sense at all? Right. I know you're probably thinking about somebody that you might not need to be around. In first Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 33, Apostle Paul says bad company corrupts good morals. Even as a parent and you have a child that comes home and they're making some statements or they're saying some things that they that, you know, they didn't learn from your house, then, you know, they got that from their peer group. Right. Because what's the first thing a parent would say? Who have you been talking to? Because you must have lost your mind coming up in here talking like that to me. Hello. Right. There's a certain way we need to do things in the house when you're around mom and dad. Hello, somebody. And so that's the same thing God said to Adam and Mrs. Adam. He said, who have you been talking to? Who told you you were naked? I never told you you were naked. So apparently you've been talking to somebody other than me. Is this making sense at all? Because when you start talking to other people and people start talking to you, it drives your heartstrings. So you got to be careful not only who's talking to you, but you have to be careful of who you're listening to. If you want to improve and if you want to excel and if you want to achieve great things professionally, great things personally or great things even spiritually, then you're going to have to find some people that's going to inspire you by the example of their lives. Now, I was going to say, I kind of wrote it differently, but the Lord said, no, I want you to change that. Normally, I would say you're going to have to get around people to inspire you. But you need to be around people whose example expires you. What do I mean by that? That means that that person is actually operating in something that you can see yourself operating in. They're doing things. They're motivated by things. They're driven by things that should motivate and drive you. Not that you have to do the same things, but there might be something different about the, the, the result of that one thing, but it could motivate you to go out and grab what God has for you. Is this making sense at all? And so, but if you're around a whole, let, let, me, let me see if I can give you a perfect example here. Um, let me give you a, uh, a, uh, a natural example of a spiritual reality. Um, if, if you 
like where I came from was 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 a bad part of the city in Mobile, Alabama. Some say it was borderline ghetto. We were ghetto. And um, if I hung out with just people who talk ghetto, I'm not going anywhere out of the ghetto. Case in point, if you give a person in the ghetto a lottery ticket and they win, And if they don't change their mentality, and if they don't change the people that are around them, they will go through that money in less than five years. That's the statistic. Yep. Right. She, she's going through that money like crazy because she hasn't changed her mind yet. Now, there, there are some professional ball players that we can talk about. Right. Get the big, big check. I mean, it is when you get in the league, it's an anomaly, first of all. But to actually sign a million dollar contract is even more of an anomaly. Right. But if they don't change their mindset and if they keep hanging out with the boys in the hood, guess what? It might be four years and they're right back in the hood again. Why? Because they didn't change their surroundings. This making sense at all. And so, so it's vitally important if you want to go higher, you're going to have to find people who are already there. If you keep hanging around, and please excuse me if I say this, I'm not trying to talk bad about your friends. If your friends act like turkeys and you're not around any eagles, then you're going to have a turkey mindset. I didn't come to preach today. I just want to talk. Can I just talk? Because in my life, if I had a centered my life around the boys I hung out with, I would still be in the hood right now. But when I wanted to get out of the hood, I had to hang around with different people. I had to hang around with people who were smarter than me, brighter than me, that were doing more things than I was doing. Why? Because that motivated me so that I could think, man, I can do better than where I am right now. Come on, that must be something inside of people to say that I can do better than where I am currently. There's more to life than where you are today. You can do better. You can, you can go get that master's degree. You can start that business. You can start that ministry. Don't let anybody stop you from doing great things in your life. No matter if you failed at it before, if you fall, make sure you fall forward. Les Brown said, if you fall, fall on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up. Amen, somebody. And listen, the, the righteous man falleth seven times but rises again. Listen, you're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail at things. But listen, don't allow that failure to define who you are. Hmm. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been talking about identity theft. And one of the things on a computer, there's a computer virus that can get on your system and it infiltrates your system. And what it does, it bogs down the system because it replicates a lot of stuff. Right. And so what happens is it replicates and replicates and replicates. And then all of a sudden you uh, spill something right there, dear. And then all of a sudden your computer slows down and you're trying to figure out, well, what's going on here? Because your computer is so slow, it's been infiltrated with a virus. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? So it replicates things. It goes into your data. It goes to your hard drive and it continues to replicate. The enemy 
is not too far from that. The enemy wants to infiltrate Christians and replicate things inside of you like unbelief. Weakness, fear, uh, moments of being unappreciated, lack, broke, sadness, immorality, dishonesty, and corruption. What about mistrust? If he can get in your system and replicate all of these things, you will begin to define your life based on the replication and not based on who you really are. Let me, let me see if I can share an example here. If you grew up in a family um, or around parents, and I'm not trying to knock anybody's parents here, but if you, let me just say a single parent. Let's just say that mother still doesn't get along with the father, right? And the father hurt the mother. The mother never overcame that hurt. But the son looks just like the father. So every time she looks at the son, she thinks about the hurt. So, in, so she's not delivered because she's still hurt by the wounds. So out of the hurt, she responds to the son in hateful words. Uh, you'll be just like your daddy. He's a no good. So when that son hears these words, these words replicate inside of him. A teacher might say, oh, you, you're doing a great job. But when he gets home, he hears, you'll be nothing. You're never going to accomplish great things. So what the teacher tried to give him is not replicating. Because once he gets home, it gets uprooted by what that mother just said. I'm just giving you an example, right? That son, when he begins to get older... Those words are still being replicated in his life. So his peer group is going to be defined by that replication. So he will never get someone that can take him higher because he feels so low about himself. I might be talking about somebody in this room that you have defined your whole life based on what somebody said to you. It was negative. You didn't deserve it. But now all of a sudden, when you look around, you go, why do I feel defeated? When you look in the mirror, remember when I said mug by the mirror in that message, I talked about who do you see when you look in the mirror? Because you should be seeing the image of God. But if there are certain things being replicated, you can only see what you can respond to from your past. Is this making sense? Hello, somebody. And so myself. I did fail at a lot of things. I was the worst child of all of my brothers and sisters. I tried to be the worst. I was good at it. (laughs) My mama tell you I was good at it. Right? So I was defining my life based on all of my failures. I didn't accomplish this. I couldn't do that. I got out of the Marine Corps too early. I did so many bad choices I made as a young man. And I'm like, my God. There's nothing, I, I, I must not have a purpose, so I, I went to the bottle. And so the alcohol defined me for a lot of years. You just drink, drink, drink. It's an addiction just like it is, like weed or crack cocaine or even a sexual addiction. An addiction is an addiction, right? 
You want to stop, but you don't know how. And you keep doing it. But I kept saying, I don't know why I'm doing it. I knew why I was doing it. No choice that we make today is made in a vacuum. <laughs> we make choices because we want to make them. And if you're waiting on God to make you make better choices, you're going to be waiting for an awfully long time. God is not going to make you make better choices. You're going to, you need to want to make better choices, and God can help you the moment you start going in a different direction. When I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I understood childish things. Paul, I put away childish things. And so Paul says, I put away childish. I put away childish. God is not going to take away what we should be putting away. Who am I? Or what am I? There is an organism that is known for latching on to its host and exploits it for valuable resources necessary for its survival. That organism is known as a, a parasite. <laughs> a parasite usually gains all of the benefit of the relationship, but it leaves its host either diseased or weak. There are some parasitic relationships that we might be involved in. And a parasitic relationship will rob you of your valuable resources. A parasitic relationship, you might be involved in it and not realize you're in it, but you're trying to figure out why you feel so drained after you finish talking to a certain person. Or you might be in it and you're trying to figure out why, why do I feel so weak? Why do I feel so defeated after I talk with a certain person? Listen, I'm not saying that you, got, you have that in your life right now. But I am trying to say this. If you are around certain people and they don't inspire you to do better, you may need to reevaluate that relationship. Listen, let, let me make sure I can um, I quantify what I'm saying here. I'm not saying you need to get rid of your friends, right? I am saying you need to be cautious of the people who are around you. And I want you to take this message and say, oh, I'm just going, I'm just firing everybody. <laughs> you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is pray about who you're connected with. They're, they're, maybe you're, you're, the people you're connected with are good for you. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not good for you, but there may be some other people you need to bring into your circle to get you to your next level. If, if your whole peer group is on the same level as you are, you're only going to go as high as your peer group. Let me see, since I'm just teaching today, let me teach a little bit about leadership. In an organization, you are only going to go as high as the leader. If a leader in a church is not growing, he's not growing in the Lord, he's not growing in the word, he's not growing spiritually. He's, you, 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 when you come into a church, especially those of you who have been in this church for a while now, you have seen my growth. If I'm not growing, then the church is not going to grow. Because the church can only grow as high as the leader. 
in, in uh, the 21 laws, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, it calls it the law of the lid. That the people under the leader, they, the lid is the leader. That's why when, uh, when, when uh, large organizations acquire a new organization, what's the first thing they do? They fire all of the leaders. Why? Because those leaders are the problem. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Companies fall because of bad leadership. Marriages fail because of bad leadership. Churches die because of bad leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And so if the leader isn't growing, and if, I, if my peer group are all on the same level as I am, I can't go higher. This is why I'm look, I always look for mentors, people who are on another level than I'm on. There, there's a new man you're going to learn about in this church. His name is Apostle Reginald Holiday. He, he's a person that I, I have been, I've been stalking this guy on Facebook. I've been watching him because I, I watch you. I ain't going to just hook up with you. I'm going to check you out. I'm going to see what are you posting. Don't you know corporate America do that before they hire you behind? You better watch what you're posting. Hello, somebody. And so, listen, I watched this guy for a while, and then Elaine and I, we were at a church. Uh, it was a church starting a new installation, and he preached that day. And when we sat there, we was like, wow. Okay, now, it, my heart, now that I've been under, I've heard his word, now my heart is okay. But my heart was guarded because I don't want somebody around me that's not good for me. They may be good people. They may be on the level you want to go, but they may not be the person that needs to be connected to you. Until my heart was right and Elaine saw him and his wife, because it's imperative that if you are married, my wife got to get along with yours. Because she discerns. And if she discerns something, I might not, I might not be able to hang out with you. It doesn't mean I don't want to be your friend. It's just that you're only going to get so close to me. All right, I know we're in church and the Bible says you supposed, if you want to be friends, show yourself friendly. I, yeah, that's still true. But you don't tell everybody that you're around all of your business, do you? You shouldn't. If you're doing that, you shouldn't be doing that. And when, per, when a person comes into the church... And they've been hurt. Let's just say they've been hurt by another pastor. Or they've been hurt by another church. That, that, that church hurt is hurt. Right. And so you, when you come into a new ministry, especially like this one, you shouldn't be up in here telling everybody your business. You, you need to guard what you're going to share. Right. And what you do, you share a little bit and see how that person handles it. There's nothing better than to have somebody who can keep your secrets. See, this is why as a pastor, I need somebody that I can go to and share when I'm about to slap somebody. I can't talk like that around everybody because they're going to get all spiritual on me. I don't need spiritual. I, what I need is for you to say, bro, I was like that too. Come on, come on. Now y'all looking at me like a deer in the headlights, like you didn't want to slap somebody. You know, I don't walk around with a halo on speaking in tongues all day. I work just like you. And I work with some of the same people you work around. Yes. I don't go to the bank talking in tongues. <laughs> Even though sometimes I've had to go to the bathroom and talk in tongues before I slap somebody. 
Somebody know what I'm talking about. See, that's why I'm so glad y'all praying for me. <laughs> you mean the pastor wanted to slap someone? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're just like you guys. We're just like you. We have to go through some of the same things you go through. Amen? So, so listen, stop putting pastors on pedestals. Just stop it. We're not supermen. I'm Clark Kent with glasses. Don't put us on pedestals. We're just trying to get to God just like you are. Amen. See, this is this is where churches make the fatal mistake. They put pastors and leaders way up on this pedestal. And then when they fall somehow, well, I can't believe they fail. Well, they're human. And maybe they didn't have the right people around them. Maybe they didn't have the right accountability structure around them. And maybe they didn't want it because they wanted to do what they wanted to do without somebody questioning what they were doing. But when you got an accountability structure, you just can't do what you want to do. I just can't make decisions in this church just because I want to flippantly make them. I have an accountability board that I'm accountable to. And these men can speak into my life. And even though I started this church, they can kick me out of the church I started. Why? Because I'm accountable. I just can't make flippant decisions. And if you don't have anybody that you're accountable to, you are in trouble. And there are some people that have people that love you and they're trying to tell you something, but you're too hard-headed and too rebellious to even listen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you're telling me how I'm supposed to live. Because you're jacked up and you're living. I'm sorry. See, I went, I went straight ghetto. <laughs> Y'all need to pray a little harder. I'm sorry. I went straight ghetto. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let me come back. <laughs> Trying to be dignified here. <laughs> Is there anybody in your life right now that's sucking you dry? And let me just, let me help people who uh, want to get all spiritual on me. But, you know, God, God bless me with this gift. I just love giving and serving. I just love it. I just got to go and serve. I just can't help myself. I just want to give everything I got. Can I talk to you for a second? I know you might have a gift of giving and serving and want to help people. Can I help you? Let me help somebody. <laughs> If helping somebody is hurting you, that's not God. If helping somebody is hurting you, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. That's all I'm saying, guys. Not that you, that, that, yeah, I think giving is a great gift. I think serving is a great gift. I think, I think Sister Diane has a wonderful gift. She just goes into the community. She does those things. And, and a lot of you have that same gift. It's a great gift. I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm just going to stay in my lane. Right? But what I do, I watch people who have it. Because I can say things to them to help protect their hearts because I don't let people who need stuff pull on my heartstrings. Why? I have a different gift. 
See, when you have an apostolic gift, that gift oversees all of the gifts. Therefore, I can flow in evangelism. I can flow in the prophetic and all of the other gifts. But I also am able to step back from it and assess, is this really a good relationship right here? If someone has the gift, they're so caught up in doing the thing. Right? And sometimes you can get so caught up in doing, you lose discernment about what's going on around you. Like I said, I didn't come to preach. I just want to talk a little bit. That's all. Because these are valuable tools I have learned over the years. I didn't get to where I am at the bank just by watching people. I had to have some action to what I saw. I didn't get to where I am as a pastor just hanging around people. There is some action that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to read. Don't be coming up here talking about God gave you a business if you don't have a business plan. Well, I believe the Lord gave me something. Well, I believe you need to write it down. (laughs) Make it plain. What's the vision? What do you want to accomplish? How many people do you need? What kind of resources do you need? How much money is it going to take? Where is your marketing plan? Who do you plan to attract by your business? How are you going to sustain the business? What kind of money do you have to start the business? Yeah, and I'm I'm all up in church like that. Because if you come to me about a ministry, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Well, what kind of ministry do you notice what I'm saying? What kind of ministry do you want to start? Because you ain't coming to me telling me to start something. I've already started the church. It's up to you to start the other ministries. Now, I'll assist you. I'll help you. I'll help you get there. But I'm not running it. Well, the pastor's supposed to be overseeing everything. Yeah, but I'm not supposed to be running everything. If the pastor runs everything, it's a weak church. Then what are you there for? Why do I have preachers in the house that don't preach? Why have preachers? Oh, because it look good because you got a staff. Fakery. You know what most of that stuff is? The pastor is embarrassed that one of his ministers might preach better than him. Oh, I know this is on Facebook Live. I might get some letters on this one. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Maybe I should have backed that one up a little bit. <laughs> maybe. I'm just saying maybe. I'm not saying that's, all, that's the case every time. But that could be the case, right? And here's the deal. I want these ministers to preach better than me. I, I, know, I think I'm okay as a preacher, but these guys, I want them. See, the difference between a pastor and a father, a father wants his children to do better. Yes. Yes. See, I have more of a fathering leadership than a pastoring leadership because I want to see everybody in this church to do better than me. Amen. And I'm not intimidated by none of y'all. I, don't, I, I love to be around smart people. I love to see people create things and the, the way their, their mind thinks and the way they flow. That's why I enjoy people who are doing their own thing. People who have, a, have something in mind. They have, a, they have something that God has given them, and they're trying to do their best with it. Even though you might get discouraged at it, you might not have all the resources, you might not even have all of the people right now. But you're doing something that you feel like God has placed inside of you. Who am I talking to today? 
Listen, listen, can I help you? Don't let nobody steal your dream. They didn't give it to you. Don't let them take it away from you. If the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Don't let nobody steal your dreams. Hello, somebody. If God placed it there, roll with it. Even if you're down to your last dollar, don't ever give up on it. Even if you got to put it on the shelf for a while, take it off, dust it off, try it again. How many parents I got in the house? I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I'm trying to get to the message. So let me ask you something as a parent. Your baby is learning how to walk. And of course, when a child is learning how to walk, they're, they're a little awkward. Why? Because they've never done it before. They have never, ever tried to walk before because they've been crawling. So this is a new opportunity for them. It is fresh. It's, it's, it's crazy because they've never done it. They're fearful because they're not sure what's going to happen. Right? So when they finally stand on their little legs, what are they doing? They're wobbling. But what, what are the hands doing? They're reaching out to who? To you. Why? Because they know no matter how they wobble, every time they reach out to you, you're going to be right there to reach back. Right? Now listen, if that child tries to walk and falls down, what do a parent do? You pick them up to do what? To keep trying again. So then, oh boy, I'm talking to somebody up in here. And so if, if you as a parent, if that baby tried to walk and fall, and you said, baby, that's dangerous. Don't be trying to do that. They would be 40 years old and crawling. You know, I see people that's been saved for 40 years and they're still crawling. Because maybe you had somebody when you tried to walk, they told you, you can't do that. You can't start that ministry. You can't start that business. Who told you you can preach? You're not a prophet. You're not a teacher. You're not an evangelist. And so guess what? You stop trying to walk. So now your whole life is defined by that one moment of failure. Who am I talking to in here today? I hope I'm releasing somebody. You are not a failure. You're a masterpiece. Good God Almighty. See, a masterpiece is unlike anything else. You are a designer's original. And maybe pastors hadn't spent enough time to tell you how powerful you are. Unless you come to this church. Because I tell you how powerful you are. And there's absolutely no way we can succeed as a church if you don't understand your power. There's no way a pastor can do it all. This church is not on my shoulders. It's on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. I don't know why I did all that talking. I ain't hit any of my points yet. All right, let's get to this one chick and then we'll finish that up. And uh, we'll talk about Samson. We'll finish up next week. Y'all know I don't do sermons. I do messages. So I can stop wherever I need to stop. So let's talk about this Philistine woman. So Samson, you already know Samson had a problem with women. (laughs) He loved women. Right, guys? Now listen. (laughs) All right, brothers. 
Now, see how quiet the men got? All right, brothers. Let me go back a little bit. Inside of every man is this crazy desire to hunt. (laughs) You know who put it there? God put it there. Can I help men out? You were created to be wild. You were. He created you to be wild. But around the parameters of what he said. Because he knew you couldn't be a good provider unless you had a little craziness about you. You're wild at heart. So, men, we like to hunt. When we were back in the day at the club, we knew how to prowl. We're watching. We're looking. Come on, fellas. Don't shout me down now. Right? You're looking. You're watching. Like a lion. You're trying to see what you're going to pounce on. Can I be real in here for a second? Well, since you're a covenant, I'm going to be real anyway. So that desire in you to hunt makes you watch things like that. But when your desires are uncontrollable, it's where we get in trouble. Right? That's why we go to multiple relationships. It doesn't matter if it's heterosexual or homosexual. You got that in you to hunt. But when you get married, oh, man, why am I moving to couples? You still have that that, that insatiable desire to hunt. And if you don't hunt after your own honey, And you start rubbernecking. Come on now. Because every man got that rubber band, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? When that girl walked by and that, you lay that head, you're supposed to have that snap back neck. And sometimes that rubber band get loose. <laughs> All right, let me come back. So you're supposed to hunt in your own house. That's right. The reason a lot of men get in trouble, let me talk about, I'm talking about church men and pastors, is they stop hunting at home. Amen. Amen. So you can find a new woman and an old woman. You just got to know where to look. Shoot. Y'all just don't know. I'm setting it up. Shoot, I ain't playing about it. So, if you go on expedition, you can discover some new treasure. (laughs) All right, we need to go ahead and pray. So, y'all see what I'm talking about? Right, men, fellas? Right? Now, ladies, 
What time is it? <laughs> I don't even know I'm talking about this kind of stuff, guys. Y'all know, I, I really had a good message, but apparently somebody need to hear this. Now, ladies, you got to let the man hunt. Oh, I heard a good laugh. <laughs> uh, you came to the right church today, I ain't lying. See, see, somehow that doesn't exempt you from going through problems in your marriage. All right, ladies, can I, can I help you out? Now, you already know men are hunters. Men are stimulated by what they see. Women are stimulated by how they feel. Things start for the woman in the kitchen, but things start for the man in the bedroom. Come on now. Hello, somebody. See, ladies, if you want to be hunted, then you got to look like some bait. I hope I'm helping some couples up in here. I'll get to the singles next Sunday. Because this has nothing to do with you right now. <laughs> Who am I talking to today? Everybody. Don't think you're going to come up in here with mixture because I wrote the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E, A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.